0: Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alpstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey, Pro Football Playbook podcast listeners. I'm your host Bill Ofted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Keith, welcome into the show. We're talking NFL Combine. We've finally made it to the NFL Combine week. Welcome in.
1: Yeah, we have. It's um, this is always a fun week. Uh, I get to go watch um, a bunch of athletic kids, you know, run around and and um, do things that don't look like football as we project how well they're going to be at football. So <laughs> it's kind of a fun week.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, every team, this is, this is the hopeful part of the year, right, where every team starts at the same spot. Uh, you go through the free agency process, which is coming up, and we'll have plenty of shows to talk about that um, in the next few weeks. And then this week is the combine. This is where all the prospects come. They've worked all season since the college football season stopped for them to own their skills on all these different uh, athletic things that they're supposed to do in front of all 32 teams at the combine there's also um, the interview process so all 32 teams will have access to about 30 prospects of they're choosing throughout the week that they can sit down with and have one-on-one interviews with which is an incredibly important process we also want to talk about um, the medical evaluations, which is critically important for teams to make sure that their players are um, in, in top-notch order before they spend high picks on them. Um, so let's talk about the process a little bit, what you're expecting this week, uh, maybe some of the, um, like the, uh, the press conferences that happen this week and, and so forth.
1: Yeah. So every team um, is, is there in force, right? They've got, um, you know, head coach, assistant coaches, general manager, scouts, uh, pretty much every you know, everyone who has any say in, in personnel, um, is, is, is there at the combine. And with that, you know, the media is also there and they want to talk to people. And so you'll get, uh, press conferences for every coach and GM in the league. And so you can actually get some information out of them whether it's good information or not, remains to be seen because um, this is what is affectionately known as lying season in the NFL because teams don't want to give away their plan. They don't want to give away their um, their bargaining position in, in negotiations. They don't want to tell other teams what they want to do in the draft and then have someone else be like, hey, we want that player, and move up in front of them. Um, and so there's a lot of things that are said whether any of them are true or not will remain to be seen.
0: Yeah. So who? which teams are really excited to be at the Combine now? Like, it seems like, you know, teams with multiple first-round picks, like Mm -hmm. the the, the Jets and the Giants and the Eagles. Eagles. The Eagles, we got three first-round picks. They're not tremendous, but they're all in the middle, and they could turn one or two of those picks, drop back in the draft, and do even more additional picks. They could really kind of remake their their franchise. This must be a really exciting time to oh, be yeah. a a Eagles fan because they they're right on the edge. I mean, they've got a roster that's not horrible, and if they hit this draft in in one or two years, they could be viable uh, in the NFC East for sure.
1: Oh yeah, the, the biggest question that they have is is a quarterback. Um, and I know that Eagles fans might take exception to that because uh, they they seem to like their guy. But, you know, he's extremely limited as a thrower, um, great runner, but um, very limited as a thrower. And so they need to make a decision on whether they're going to um, address that pick or not or try and build around in a, in a very unconventional player um, at that position. But the fact that they've got three first-round picks means if they fall in love with the quarterback, they could move up and get him. And not have it affect them in future years. Or if they don't, if they want to stay uh, in place, they can go get uh, three starting, like uh, borderline Pro Bowl caliber players, and add that to the roster this year with very little salary cap implications to that because they're all in rookie deals. Um, and so being able to have that much talent, like right in the draft, is is um, just infusing a team with young talent. It's, it's yeah it's a great way to build a roster.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's, like I said, it's a great time to be a fan. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I would just be, you know, you had to go through a bad year. Um, And it wasn't even a, a horrible year. It was kind of an uplifting year for them. You know, it was, it, it was one of those seasons that was kind of written off. And all of a sudden, you're still in the conversation, you know, in week 17 about being a playoff team. That's got to feel good then going into the draft and having all that draft capital to be able to kind of, just Mm -hmm. have the draft come to you and move around and um my goodness fun fun time any other um so what are you looking for in this early process now that everyone kind of flies in early in the week um all the teams are there uh giving um interviews uh, interviewing prospects going through the the measurable portion of the combine early in the week um anything well, I mean, you're that, looking for out of that process
1: well i mean that's that's really um one of and then there are some players that can definitely hurt themselves and before they ever get out their thing to do the drills and it's you're going to look for um quarterbacks that have tiny hands that teams are like whoa we don't want to draft that player or like like
0: pickett, um, let's talk about kenny pickett on that kenny, It's that's like that's
1: actually who i was thinking of yeah He's probably the best quarterback in this draft class as far as his tape and and everything but at the senior bowl they're like his hands are tiny and which means he may have trouble uh, especially in wet conditions as, as a or cold conditions as an NFL player getting the ball where he wants it to uh because he's got small hands and it's um not being able to 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 get the same kind of grip and spin on the football yeah
0: um yeah and in december and january in the NFL that that football becomes very hard mm-hmm. um as the colder it gets that and the nfl football is a big ball to begin with um and so it'll be very interesting to see if he can swing it around now i noticed in the uh, senior bowl i think he measured it at like eight and a half or something like that i mean this is unusually small and yeah. so uh and the and the nfl football is about an inch and a half in circumference larger than a college football and so it, that is a huge thing i mean it really is and i Kenny Pickett's a great player, a wonderful wonderful player, does a lot of intangible type stuff um, and have consistent production at Pittsburgh. So we'll see if that really makes a difference. He could be one of those guys that ends up falling. And a guy like Howell, who had an off year, but is a more traditional kind of pocket thrower, if you will, with some upside on at least escaping pressure and so forth, might be a guy that might move up in the draft a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so you might see a guy like
1: Pickett, who's got the best tape in the draft class, drop to a team like Pittsburgh that needs a a quarterback. A
0: cold-weather cold team, which I don't know.
1: I don't know. But, you know, they know him pretty well. And he's there, he's been there that's in true. town for the last that's four true. years. Um, but, you know, you might see a guy like that drop to a team, whereas the team that needs a quarterback that's in the top reach for a guy like um, uh, Malik Willis, who has all the athleticism, and whatnot, but you know, we were just talking about the Eagles and um having a guy who's maybe limited as a thrower. Um Willis has the arm talent. He can he can fling it all around, but does he have the accuracy? Does he have the ability to read a defense and that kind of stuff? That's where the the, let me, the questions are going to come in about him.
0: Let me ask you this. So we've talked about this before with a guy like Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter at all, not really being ready year one. Mm-hmm. So w- w- what would be the motivation of teams to get guys like that when you can get guys possibly a little later in the draft like Bailey Zapp, Caleb Ellerbe, um Brock Purdy out of Iowa State um, later in the draft, where you're gonna have to develop them anyway? Um, fear, that's that's what it is. Because if you're
1: the general manager of a team without a quarterback and you don't draft a quarterback early, um, the fans are gonna have your head. And if the fans are angry and, and screaming and, and uh, everything, the owner is gonna start questioning what, uh, you, you know, your decision making. And so if you're one of those teams that, that needs a quarterback, you need a name that you can fill into, um, you know, that spot on the depth chart and, and hey, this is our quarterback of the future. You're not going to do that with a fourth round pick like Bailey Zapp. You're going to do that with a first round pick like Kenny Pickett. Um, even, if we- it's a guy, even if it's a guy that has to sit for a year and you go and sign an Andy Dalton or someone to go be your bridge quarterback for the next year. Uh, you still have to have that guy and that who has the draft pedigree um, in order to justify the existence of um, of them, and so therefore get people patient enough to wait that year for a uh, for your quarterback to develop. If you go and sign Andy Dalton and then wait till round four to draft Bailey Zap, everyone's gonna be like, well, "What's your plan? You don't have a plan. Your plan is Andy Dalton. That's that, that's no plan." And they're gonna be ready to run you out of town. So
0: and we uh, talked about the desperation we talked yeah. about the the quarterback market it, it's, it's not bad. It, it's it's yeah it's not good and it's going to perceived it's going to be perceived to be even worse by the time the draft rolls around because at that point things are fairly well set on the mm-hmm. free agent market the trade market teams are going to know exactly what they've got at this point and there will be an air of desperation i think and it'll be interesting to see if any of these teams that are still desperate, haven't solved their problem at the draft, end up starting one, two, or three of these quarterbacks out of this draft this next coming year. And I would anticipate at least two or three of those yeah. quarterbacks and, will be starting in the NFL in September.
1: And so what you've got here, though, is a um, a draft class that will remind everyone of the Mike Glennon, Geno Smith year um, of quarterbacks where – You've got some guys that look like they could be long-term NFL backups, but are there NFL starters, long-term
0: starters in this group? I think the only guy that I'm really, I think, you know, there's a couple of guys. Matt Corral is a pretty interesting guy just because I think he's got the mental um, capacity and, and drive and fortitude to want to be that guy. And so I think he's going to work his butt off. I just get that vibe from him. Sam Howell's another guy I think that could do that because <clears throat> the year prior in 2020, Sam Howell had a great year. He was on everybody's short shortlist being the first guy off the boards in the 2021 draft, had a down year, lost some players, lost some weapons. Offensive line wasn't that great. Statistically, he fell back a little bit. He's a guy I think that could could maybe come up. and And the... Combine could actually help him, so we'll see. Yeah, um, he's,
1: he's a guy that I, I think is is kind of underrated in this group because a lot of people are talking about him as like the fourth or fifth best um, quarterback. Where I think you know he's a guy that needs to be in that consideration for being the first quarterback off the board.
0: I do too, Keith. I really do, and I think we're going to hear more about that after mm-hmm. next weekend. I think yeah. after next weekend, people are going to go, "Hey, somehow he might be an option." And he might be the safest option. Mm-hmm. Safest option. He's got
1: he's got the higher floor, even if it might be a slightly lower ceiling. Um, whereas Malik Willis has the highest ceiling out of anyone in this draft class at quarterback by um, yes. leaps and bounds. But yes. he's also got a really low floor. You can and right now be,
0: he's limited to a couple, of, you know, uh, schemes. Yeah. You know, you take a look at um, like where Jackson plays you know uh, he baltimore could, yeah. yeah baltimore he could be a baltimore quarterback in that scheme with mm-hmm. under that offensive coordinator um you know somebody's gonna have to work around his skill set a little bit i think well, and if, initially
1: and if, if you're gonna if you're gonna draft him uh with a top 10 pick wouldn't it be a safer bet to trade a third round pick to baltimore for um huntley their backup who showed a lot of the same skills and looked really good backing up Jackson this year.
0: Yeah. And has, and has a year under his mm-hmm. belt already. Yeah. I, I agree that it'll be, it's going to be really interesting this year. Um, All right. So let's go through the, the different groups and um, let's just talk about some players and, and what we kind of expect. The running back group is interesting because there's no real standout this year, as far as a Saquon Barkley, that's going to go in the top uh in the, in the first round at all anyway um i don't see anybody that's really going to move up uh a lot out of Mm-mm. the combine in this group everybody kind of expects certain things out of um out of these guys as far as testing straight line speed agility all that kind of stuff who do you like here who are you looking for maybe in in the mid round uh running back that would give uh a team some real good value
1: well, the guys I'm looking at uh, in this draft are guys like Zamir White out of Georgia and Hassan Hankins, or Haskins, sorry, out of uh, Michigan. These are guys that um, no one's really talking about. They're not the, you know, they're going to be like the ninth and tenth running back off the board, but I like their combination of size and speed and 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 the way that they run. I think they're going to be productive players at the next level. Um But are they not going to get fans excited the way like a Saquon Barkley did when he got drafted. But I think coming into the league, they have a chance to be good. And, you know, as a guy that gets drafted in the fourth round, like having a player that can come in and and carry the load for your team was a fourth round pick. That's a great value.
0: Yeah, I think there's guys in the fourth and fifth round here um, up through those rounds that can come in and help you and be rotational guys right away. Um, mm-hmm. you're going to get any later than, say, a Zonovan, uh Knight out of uh, North Carolina State that's probably going to go in the fifth or back of the fifth or sixth round. After that, it's really going to be hit and miss for you. Um, mm-hmm. But there's guys like Pierre Strong Jr., Abram Smith that had a great senior bowl uh, from Baylor. He's a little undersized, kind of a bowling ball kind of shape uh, mm-hmm. guy, but he's going to be a guy that's going to really uh, do a nice job being a short down running back for you and a back out of the backfield jerome Ford, Devontae price damian pierce i think is a completely underrated prospect for a team that needs in in between the tackles kind of a three down back uh runner with a great mentality and attitude when he Mm -hmm. runs like he's literally not going to avoid contact he is going to initiate contact i love running backs like that
1: well then there's there's kind of the opposite player of him which is rashad white who's uh, super elusive guy who's going to catch the ball to the backfield. Um, yeah, he's going to test
0: w- really well. At the and, and,
1: yeah, he's going to, he's going to test really well. He's going to be, everyone's going to be like, Whoa, super athletic. And they're going to look at his film. They're going to see him not look for contact, but instead run away from contact um, a lot. And just cause he's so athletic and he's going to be a, a fantastic player on a team that throws the ball over the place. And, and they want to get the ball to their, you know, running back out of the backfield and let them do fun things. Yeah. Yes, um, and he's a bigger, he's
0: a bigger back too. I mean, he looks like he could be a physical back, and then he's but really he's, not. He just not doesn't have his, that mentality.
1: No, and the thing is, the fact that he is a bigger back, even if he doesn't have that mentality, what that tends to mean is that he's going to have some durability. He can take the, he's got the body to take the hits like a bigger back, um even if he's winning as a guy that's catching the ball out of the backfield and and doing the elusive things. So. um you know, if, if you're looking for a, a guy that's gonna be there, you know, kind of long term, he there's reason to believe that, you know, Rashad White's gonna be a um uh, a good pick for you.
0: Yeah, two guys in the fourth round range that could help themselves out of um out of this combine are James Cook and Tyler Algerier. Um I wanna see both of them as far as agility and mm-hmm. straight straight line speed for James Cook. Um Ben um, reports that he's going to run in like the four six range, that's not, and James Cook needs to be able to run in the low four fives in order to be drafted mm-hmm. in in the fourth round range because teams are going to view him a certain way, and if he can't do that, then that's that's not going to be good for him.
1: With Algeria, um, actually, I actually, don't have notes on him. I was thinking he was a significantly older player. Um, is that accurate or you not? you mean
0: from BYU? It's where he went yeah. on a mission, and he's twenty five years old coming into the league. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't have his his age. I can find out.
1: That's that's what I was thinking with him, and that's why I don't have notes on him, is I'm just like with older players, especially older players in positions like running back and wide receiver, tend to just ignore them um because they almost never pan out in, in the NFL. And so um they're just never on my radar. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, anyways, I guess. So he's should, five uh, he's
0: five eleven, two twenty. Yeah, he runs a four 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 forty. See, that's where he's going to help himself. If he can run into the low four fours at five eleven two twenty with the tape that he's had, he's going to he's going to he's going to do well for himself. I can't, I'm not finding an age Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Twenty one and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum five dollar deposit. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred gambler.
1: Oh yeah. So um with But that, I would
0: assume that yeah. he's probably gonna be at least a twenty four year old prospect.
1: Probably. Um, so let's move on to uh, wide receiver, because this is um, a group that uh, has a lot of depth. There's a lot of names, especially in those middle rounds that I think are um, you're going to see a lot of guys come in and be the number two, number three receivers um, at uh, at the NFL level. Maybe not a lot of guys that are going to come in and, and be that that number one that, um, mm-hmm. you know, Julio Jones or DK Metcalf or um, you know, that kind of player, but a lot of guys are going to come in and be that number two. Um, and which actually provides a lot of depth in this, this draft. So you're going to be able to get a guy. I think
0: there's, yeah, there's 25 or 30 prospects here that we're talking about that are going to go before the sixth round.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of players. Um, it's a lot of talent, a lot of, um, you're going to see a lot of teams really liking what they get and, and being able to rely on players. So it's a, it's a fun group. Um, even if there's not, you know, that, that top, I mean, people are going to look at like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Drake London and, and some of these guys' mm-hmm. first round picks, but I'm not sure any of them are, are Julio Jones or young AJ green or, um, you know, a new Hopkins, that kind of thing. Uh, they're kind of in that these tier are, right below. Yeah. There.
0: These are going to be more workhorses kind of guys, guys that get open guys that move the chains on third down, um, mm-hmm. check up, check down guys. Um, you're still going to have some speed here. I mean, a guy like Khalil Shakir is going to be good. Christian Watson, Alec Pierce, those guys are going to be available in the third round, and you're going to have great value with those type of guys. Um, David Bell, I think, is underrated. He's going to go in the second round probably, Um, but a nice, big, tall, wide receiver that's going to be physical, that's going to be a chain mover. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot. I've got mixed feelings on George Pickens. Um, I, I like David Bell as a prospect a lot better, although they're you know on big boards all over the place, having somewhat equal value. Um, Romeo Dobbs is uh, an interesting guy out of Nevada, a smaller school guy um, that people are going to look at. Velas uh, Jones is a guy that I've talked about a little bit last week, uh, doing some some mock drafts um, that I see a lot of value. In as far as a back end of the fifth round, sixth round kind of a guy that is going to run into the four, three, eight range for a six foot, 200 pound receiver out of Tennessee. I think, um, you know, if you're looking for a middle round kind of a guy that's going to be a, a great special teams guy that's mm-hmm. going to be able to return uh, for you as well to add some value, uh, you're so you're going to look at guys like that Reggie Robertson, uh, Danny Gray, Slade mm-hmm. Bolden, all those kind of guys are going to give you some good value.
1: Yeah, and then I mean you can go all the way down to to a guy like Trey Turner, um, out of the um, Virginia Tech, and and just be like, there's there's talent up and down this draft, let's say it is a gr- good group of um, of players. And how about how about
0: this name, Charleston Rambo?
1: Okay, that's a good name.
0: <laughs> I like it. The guy's gonna um, he's gonna be your decapitator on special team. teams yeah would hope so if he's just not his name this is name alone like the the rambo is a last name on your jersey yeah yeah he you might, better you, you better just be just to backwards just so you can see rambo coming
1: <laughs> <laughs> you better be if you're if you have that name you better be able to live up to it
0: because you better um... right yeah just like smoke <laughs> monday you better yep. be carrying a pack of smokes in your sleeve you know just because <laughs> you're, you're coming with the reputation all right, um, so tight end, Keith. There's there's some decent tight ends. There's not special tight ends in this class, mm-hmm. um, but there's a whole bunch of guys that are going to be able to come in and, and have an impact on your rotation, depending there's on what you There's interesting
1: guys. There's interesting guys in this. I don't know if it's it's not a good group. Um, I mean, your best tight end in this group, in my opinion, is, uh, Trey McBride out of Colorado state. He's a guy that kind of does everything, but does he do anything? Mr.
0: Production? I mean, he can catch the ball. Keith, he's a natural pass catcher. and he yeah, put up the not, stats.
1: He's not a, um, dynamic route runner where he's going to, you know, stretch defenses and, and, you know, make, be a big play guy. He's a guy who's
0: good at catching the ball, but and what is he like six four two forty nine something like that yeah and he runs like a four six five so he's an average athletic guy you know which it, there's nothing wrong with that but i think he could be overdrafted because of teams that feel like they really need a guy earlier and then and he so he might end up going in the back of the first or top of the second round i don't see it i really don't i think he's no, more of a back into the second third round kind of guy a guy mm-hmm. if you have an extra pick that you go and you get a little weapon for your your quarterback out of that position, he's not gonna really be an inline blocking guy. Might give you the effort, but he might not be able to physically handle that job. So But if
1: you're if you're looking for a weapon, um, why wouldn't you draft a guy like Isaiah Likely um around a full round later, maybe a round and a half later? Um, who is agree, who's a better runner, he's a um you know, more polished. You know, route runner can get open, um, can stretch the field a little bit. Uh, granted, he can't block at all, whereas McBride can. But he's a guy that is—he's just more developed as a. Uh, he's got receiver. one
0: of he has got some of the softest hands in the entire draft. Just a really mm-hmm. natural pass catcher. A couple of guys that are underrated, I think, are Jeremy Ruckert and Greg Dulcich out of ucla jeremy ruckert mm-hmm. at ohio state he had an amazing pass catching uh background coming out of high school one of the one of the most highly rated tight ends uh in the country uh he had just tremendously productive as a pass catcher and then went to ohio state and just died on the vine as far as his patch pass catching ability is <laughs> concerned because he just didn't have it in the scheme for ohio state he just was underutilized um great inline blocker he kind of does it all he he Mm -hmm. can catch the ball for you he's got the same sort of you know he's a 250 255 guy at at six uh, four six five um he's got the length um he's got the skill set um he's a good solid all-around tight end for you i think it'd be a good value in the back of the third or, or early fourth round
1: yeah, and he's a guy that I would draft. Um and I would draft him because I know he can block and I know that he's an inline blocker. He's a guy that's going to um you know, if you're running, you know, off tackle, he's going to push that defensive end um and get up on a linebacker. He's going to be able to do those things for you and you know as a receiver, even though he doesn't have the production at college, you can see the way that he moves his hands those kind of things that he's going to be a nice outlet for your um for your quarterback he's going to have a lot of upside in that and Um, he went to
0: ohio state he's very well coached yeah like he understands offenses he understands movement and um and -hmm. where he's supposed to be he understands all levels of the defense he's this he's kind of a student of the game all that kind of stuff There's a lot to be said for guys like that in the NFL. Uh, He's going to be like a coach's best friend on offense type of a guy. And uh, you need players like that on your team. So I would imagine that he will be, he would probably likely move up a little bit after the combine because of just the interview process. I think he's going to do really well there.
1: Yeah, I think he's a guy that's going to be, he's probably going to push Trey McBride as the number one uh, tight end in this season. It wouldn't
0: surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because I think teams value diversity and uh, mm-hmm. be able to be scheme diverse. Um, and he's the guy. How, what do you think about Craig Dulcich? Uh, I know we've talked about uh, about him before, but um
1: I like him. I think he is that he did guy really well who is the senior <clears throat> bowl too. He did. He looked really good at the senior bowl, and I think that was um, an important thing for him and his draft pros- uh, process in being able to kind of get noticed because. You know coming out of ucla he's it he wasn't kind of viewed as being you know this great nfl prospect but he came out and was kind of dominant at times um both as a blocker and as a receiver and i think that he's a guy that's going to move up draft boards pretty quick um the one concern is he's he people are expecting him to run um kind of slow uh at the combine and if that's true well then he may stay down in the fourth fifth round range but if he comes in and surprises and gets up in like the four six five range you may see him up in the third round
0: I agree, I agree with that. I think that's that's likely to happen. Actually, um, no disrespect to uh, Isaiah, likely. Um, so let's. I think we're going to split this show in half, uh, just as a warning to our listeners, because uh, we're going to go long uh, just talking about offensive guys, and then we'll get to the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the offensive line, Keith. You love evaluating offensive line prospects. Is there, uh, we can go through offensive tackles and then interior guys if you want. Is there anybody that you're looking forward to seeing at the combine?
1: Well, there's a couple of guys I'm looking forward to seeing. One is Daniel um, Falele uh, at 380 pounds, 6'9". The guy's just absolutely massive. I want to see him come out and I want to see what he looks like, um, how he moves, because a guy that big is just going to be interesting. I don't know if he's a Great player, and what we saw at the senior bowl certainly um, makes me concerned. That I know I was, that he I was, was getting, drafting him.
0: He was getting pretty comfortable with the ground at the senior mm-hmm. bowl, so I'm not sure that I even want to see him at the combine. No, I, I, I mean, I want to see him. I want to, I, because I think that it,
1: either way, it's going to be interesting.
0: Am Is there looking, a guy? Is is there a tackle that's um, coming into the combine that you think might be overrated, other and than that him? You're looking yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that you're that you're or, or underrated that you're looking to either you know move up or move move down. So a guy respectively. that's un- I'll,
1: I'll I'll start with the underrated guy and that would be um, Sean Ryan out of UCLA. I think that um, he's a dominant uh, run blocker, uh, can really move people and. I think he's going to test really well and i think the fact that he's if you watch his tape and his feet he's got the feet to play left tackle i think he's a guy that is um being looked at as like you know late to early three-round pick um and yet he's got left tackle potential um and i think he's going to come out he's going to test really well people are going to be like people are going to move him off of that oh he's only a right tackle um, and say, hey, he can play both sides, and you're going to see him uh, move up on draft boards uh, because of that.
0: Um, so you think that he has the? Um, so you think that he has the ability to play left tackle in the NFL?
1: I think he does. Is he going to be a high end left tackle?
0: No, he's going to be a high end
1: right tackle. Um, but he is one of those guys where if you need a left tackle and you can't um, get a guy like trevor penning or, or someone like that you're, you're picking later um you could get sean ryan you could put him at left tackle and he's going to be good he's not going to be maybe not great i there
0: agree a, so i agree with that i think he's a natural right tackle with physical and athletic attributes that give him the opportunity to play on the left side if he yeah. would need to to
1: and he's a guy that i think he's a natural right tackle you want to put him over there and 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 let him dominate but if you have to put a guy on the left side um he's not going to fail you over there i think it's 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 going to be um i would he, i would want to see where his
0: it. i want to see his length you know and i want to see where he comes in at measurable wise you know if he's got 35 he's inch, inch arms then i think that you're you're right if he comes in at 33 and a half mm-hmm. I'm not sure
1: yeah i mean he's a guy that i think it has a chance to move up quite a bit if he tests well especially um, looking at his short shuttle, his ability to to move laterally. Um, I expect that to be, you know, pretty dang good. And if it is, yes. people are gonna say, oh, guess what? He's got the feet to be our left tackle. Um, and then you're right, he does need need the length. He's six, six, five, though. He's got um some natural length kind of built in there. He's and he's just got that that uh tree trunk uh lower half that that you wanna see out of an offensive tackle. I think he's underrated and I think he'll move up. Um a guy that might move down um bernard raymond um and he's a guy that i, I could see just not testing um all that well i mean he's six seven uh 304 so people are going to be enamored with the size and length but i if he if he does really well on the bench and shows off uh a lot of strength there i'll kind of be a little surprised i'm just not expecting him to test that well
0: so a guy that I'm looking at to move up a little bit in this draft would be Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think teams end up valuing athletic prospects. And I anticipate Abraham Lucas to, to test well at 332 pounds, six sevens, get a natural left tackle build. Uh, reportedly could run close to a 5.040 um mm-hmm. and if he's if he's got a wingspan of like 83 and a half inches at that size and runs and and tests a, agility wise and his feet move quick and he does well on the drills he's a guy that can move you know from the middle of the third round into the middle of the second round yeah. uh, that's just for something him, that i'm looking for
1: for him you look at 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 his tape and you, you're going to see a technician but not a mauler um he's a guy that that um, does a good job of, of getting in the way, uh, more than just more than dominating. And I think that teams are going to be really interested. They're, they're expecting to test really well, but they're going to be interested to see how he does on the bench, um, and how he does, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on those kind of things. So that way they can get a feel for, does he have the functional strength to mm-hmm. play that? And he might not. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't develop. Well, just, he's going to be a, a tremendous
0: a, pass blocker right out of the gate, and it, yeah. the question for him is: is is is, is he going to have the bend to mm-hmm. be able to, to to run block, or at least have the potential to be a, a decent run blocker yeah. as time goes on? And, Another guy that that I think is going to fall a little bit or is somewhat overrated in this draft is Max Mitchell. Um, I and and the reason being is as I just think he doesn't have the functional strength. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I think he's gonna get exposed a little bit in this combine and we'll yeah. see. And he's coming in at six six, two ninety-seven. So a team that's looking for an athletic guy that's able to move in space in kind of an outside zone scheme might look at this guy with some value and we'll see see what happens. Yeah. Um all right. How about interior guys, Keith?
1: Well, I think for me, one of the things that I'm going to be watching for is, is Tyler Linderbaum, um, who's the top-rated center. Um, he got hurt in um, bowl game, and I want to see, you know, where he's at with his medicals. He may not even participate in the um, in the combine just because he's still recovering. Um, but if he's able to go out and and participate and do anything, that's going to be a great sign for him. At, you know, as we get closer to draft day, that he's starting to get healthy enough that teams are going to be like, okay, we can put him back where we had him on the, uh, on our draft board before his injury. And so if he can do anything at at the combine, it's going to be great for him. What if
0: he wasn't able to do anything, Keith? What if he just, it looked like he was going to be a couple months away and teams weren't able to evaluate him. He went through the process of interviewing and so forth, but couldn't do anything out on the field. Do you think that drops him close to being out of the first ground, out of the first round?
1: I think it'll drop him from being middle of the first round to being in the back end uh, because teams are still going to look at his tape and they're still going to be like, yeah, he was really good. Um, and I, so I, I could see them being like, OK, well, what are, what, is, what, are, what do his medical records say? What does the surgeon say? Um, what does our medical staff say? Is he going to get be able to be back to being the same player? And if he is, then let's go ahead and take him. Um, but he's going to drop a little bit because teams are going to be worried about re-injury and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But um, he's still a guy that's, man, his tape is just excellent. So I, I still think he goes in the first round. But uh, unless the doctors are like, you know, the, the injury is bad and he's not going to play much this year, it's going to he needs another year of recovery, then I could see him falling, you know, um, middle, late second. But I don't expect that.
0: So can I ask you about a prospect that I think that there's a lot of um, disagreement on would okay. be Bernard Raymond out of Central uh, he, Michigan. A lot He's of, a guy that I brought up. Um, a lot of players, so. a lot of people think that he might be better off moving on into the inside, but he is 6'7", he's only 304. Mm-hmm. But out of that 6'7", 304 frame, he's only got 33-inch arms and 80-inch wingspan yeah now he is really athletic um he's he's a guy that uh, came over on a foreign exchange from austria so uh, interesting prospect um but he's he's an older prospect too he's 24 and a half right now he's going to be 25 Mm -hmm. years old next year people have him in this range of the back end of the first round to the to the early second round keith and i just don't know what you do with bernard raymond in the nfl
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't see him going in that range. I think he's um, he's too tall to be an effective guard. Um, in that, you know, guys are going to be able to get under his pads. Um, he's a guy that needs to be. At, at,
0: yeah, his, he needs to be a tackle,
1: but he doesn't have the even at six seven. He doesn't have the length, um, and he doesn't have you know a tremendous amount of functional strength. He's a guy that I don't expect to test well, um, with, you know, in the bench. And so I could see him being that. We don't even know what position he's going to play. If he's going to play, he's going to be a right tackle. And if he's going to be a right tackle, he better be able to run block. And I don't see that. I see him as more of a technician, um, as a pass blocker. And I think he's he's going to struggle to find a home. Um, Ultimately, I think his role is as a swing tackle, where he can play both sides, come off the
0: bench, um, add some functional strength and weight.
1: Yeah, over a couple of years, and, the, and see what we've got. But
0: see, the problem is, over a couple of years, and he's going to be 27 years old.
1: Yeah, why are you drafting a player in rounds one or two whose your plan is is for them to be a backup for their first two years? So That's I just, why I, I'm
0: thinking that this guy could, could tumble a little he, bit.
1: I do, too. I, I think he's got a lot to lose um, unless he comes out and just blows everyone away um in terms of the combine results and he needs to
0: like yeah, if he or sur- he's longer than projected yeah if he
1: if he surprises me and you know gets out there and, and you know does 30 reps on the bench press then i'm, I'm like i'll change my tune i be like okay i think this guy could be a starting right tackle right now but i so just don't see it did
0: you know this about him he actually converted when he arrived at college converted from wide receiver to tackle he runs a I, four eight five forty at three hundred and seven pounds. I did not know that. I did not which know is, that which part. is crazy, right? So he may surprise us with the, the agility um, and and the testing, which puts him in an interesting thing. Now, if if somebody, you know, didn't know better, they may have switched him, I think, maybe to defensive tackle or defensive end, depending on his temperament. Um, you know, when he first arrived there, because he's got a better body. To be like a, a three tech or a you know five tech,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, especially if he struggles to keep weight on, you know, a guy like that that's forced, you know, when he switched to tackle, he was two hundred and ninety pounds in college. If if that three hundred and four pounds is just not natural for him, I'm not exactly sure what what you do with him. I would be skeptical to draft him. But that's just, yeah, that's just me.
1: A guy who could do himself a lot of good at um in this at the combine is Zion Johnson out of Boston college um, because he's kind of viewed as a guy who's like, well, if they move him to center, he'll be a starting player, but he's listed at guard. He's only played guard. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're like, maybe he's just, he just doesn't, uh, he doesn't look like he's going to be like a, you know, a guy that's worth the high draft pick um, at guard. And because most guards aren't worth high draft pick, it's a low value position. Um, But like oh if you move him to center but if he can come in and and just test significantly better than than people are expecting he could um definitely give people like hey you know what if he doesn't if it if he doesn't have all the little things that you need out of a center he could still be a starting guard for you and it takes a lot of the risk out of drafting him and i could see him yeah um well you re- reinserting him there as a second round pick
0: you mentioned risk he didn't miss a snap in college yeah. Yep, you know, and he's super athletic at 310 pounds, six three. Um, he did a, a almost 35 inch vertical, four uh, seven uh, shuttle, and 32 reps on the bench. When you have that combination, and you're smart, and you can play center, um, and you're a smooth mover, and you can get out into space, and you have the instincts, and he has all of those things. And he played in a in a good system for offensive linemen. You know, Boston College turns out offensive lineman pretty consistently. And mm-hmm. he's got a he's got a shot, especially if he can get his 40 time down into the 5-0 range. I think that he's a prospect that could go into the back end of the second round.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I, I think if he comes out and test well, he can get himself into the as a second round guy. Um if he doesn't test well, you're gonna see him in the late threes. Um and people are just going to view him as a as a guy that's has the potential um to be a starter, but might end up as a backup. And so he needs to give people the uh perception that his floor is higher, that his floor is is that of a, you know, middle tier starter, um, uh, and that his ceiling is 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 higher. Um that's what he's got to do. Cause right now I think he's viewed kind of as his floor as a as a long-term backup and a guy that you don't want starting.
0: All right. So that's probably likely the part one of a part two uh, podcast. And uh, we just went through the offensive side of the prospects going to the uh, NFL Combine this week. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.